is a fan podcast exploring the vast worlds of He-Man and She-Ra. Join Sean Scavarna and Matthew Duke as they discuss the history and mystery of Eternia and Etheria, diving deep into all incarnations of Masters of the Universe. Hey, hey, you know who's back? It's the Legends of Grayskull Podcast. Now that you know, let's go get ready for the show. It's the Legends of Grayskull Welcome to episode 109 of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Theria, Nordor, Prize, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Lady Bird, UK, Annuals, Comics, Mini Comics, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ra, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, that Dark Horse logo up in the corner. I'm Matthew <laughs> Duke, here again with Sean Skavarna. Sean, how are we doing? We're like, so for the uh, for the listeners, we're doing this weird because we're late at night now, and we don't do late at night. It's like my whole body clock's all weird now, but I'm here. Late. I was night. promised cookies. Late night. I promised myself Gavarna cookies. And the juice. <laughs> so I have the bat signal on. It That's reminds me, hey, I got to stay up late. Let's do it. Let's do this. That's right. <laughs> oh, and we've got some stuff talk about we got we've got forge of destiny issue two came out today we're gonna get to that in a little bit here uh spoiler tastic uh but before that uh you get anything this week uh let's see let's see what i got over here i got a little there we go something something called trap job the inferior from- version but yes you got him the superior version. Nah, nah, I don't care what you and Curtis say. Right. That pink one ain't gonna cut. It ain't <laughs> gonna hold any water for me. I don't care. Oh, he looks beautiful. I'm glad. I'm glad you got him. I'm glad he's. Hey, I just opened him right before we went on uh, to record. So it was the first I actually had a chance to sit down and really do anything with him since I got him earlier in the week. So um, I will be doing a review. Uh, probably this weekend nice. on this channel and the off-world channel. I'll just combine it and uh, go over them because, honestly, I haven't even gone over the parts. All I did was uh, he came with his uh, claw, the pincer claw here, and I was like, nope, I need the gun. So I put the gun on, and after that, that's all that I've gotten to do with him so far, other than present him. So, yeah. Um Great figure for Halloween to be putting out the you know this year and stuff like that. It, though the timing of it for me, so yeah. Uh, and the coolest thing is, I have two versions of He Man, and then I have Anti Attorney He Man, which is now a third version. So this is really fun to actually get a non He Man for the first time. He did not disappoint. So oh, that's true. You are you are stacking up the He-Mans. Oh, I'm stacked to the rafters with He-Man, so bring on the bad guys. Let's do this. I will say though, it seemed like Battle Cat was like a really long solicitation. Um I mean, cause that that came but the first prototype was the PowerCon that I went to, so 2021. 
Mm-hmm. And we just got them in hand now. Yep. So that's a good two years. Whereas Trapjaw, I feel like they, uh, like it was less than a year from being shown mm-hmm. to solicited to in hand. Yeah, they. I don't remember when they showed them off first. It, it might have been Designer Con or something. Yeah. Uh, somewhere, it was like early in the year. But the solicitation, then, or the pre-order yeah. wasn't that long ago, or it doesn't seem like it was. No, and then on top of that, they pretty much right after that one, then they just stacked it right on top with the Filmation-colored version. So yeah. it's like, bam, bam, you got two trap jaws coming at you one way or the other. Um, uh, March, March 7th is when he yeah. went on pre-order. So, uh, yeah, and, I, and here we are six yeah. months later. Yeah. So they're get, everything seems to be getting back on track to more of a regular release schedule, you know, pre-order yeah. solicitation release, like th- things are getting better. So. Definitely. And, uh, like quality wise, I mean, they, these are a, a majority of him is all new parts. Yeah. And, I'm really loving what they did, and I'm not gonna lie. Looking at them from the the thighs down, all I keep going is, "Oh man, if Manny Faces shows up soon, I'm in trouble." <laughs> that, that that's like the first thing I, that I went to is just like I know that armor is going to be interchangeable with him if they go there, and they already have half of them ready. So, yeah, I'm nice. um, I. Again, you know, it's like for for somebody like me, and I know you collect them as well. I know Curtis collects them as well, too. It's like, you know, this is so much more what I'd rather be seeing than what we have on the shelves and stuff in the stores. And I'm glad someone's able to do it, too, along with what Mattel's putting out and stuff, because this is what's keeping Masters alive for me, like alive and well. So Nice. Speaking of the crap they have on the shelves, I picked up Masterverse Whiplash this week. So you did, I did. I didn't call it crap. I'm just He's, saying it's uh, not for me. We all knew what you <laughs> meant, uh, and I just get it away him, from me. Get it away I from me. <laughs> just open him up now, so we're gonna go ahead and stick the tail in there. And this is actually uh, a really nice looking figure. Uh, his tail does have a bit of a bend to it. So you can, there is a little bit of posing that you can do there. Um, and of course, it swivels. Uh, standard Masterverse articulation. He is one of the beefier figures. And, uh, of course, what I loved about this uh, is he's got the very vintage uh, concept art look with the helmet and the armor and everything. But, of course, that does come off really easily to give you a more classic whiplash look. Um, I do have the class six whiplash and I gotta say this, this is a nice runner up. I I was impressed with him just on the fact that I can put the armor and everything on and he looks different enough to, you know, be on my shelf along with him. But uh, in hand, he's even cooler looking. There's a lot of great sculpting and detail on there. Uh, in addition to having the, I mean, the two damn near completely different looks by the time you strip the armor away and you get a much more normal looking whiplash. Mm. Um, 
very well done. There's some very nice detail on his legs and stuff. That's probably the closest we got into the old demon feet, but there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of detail there um, mm-hmm. to make yeah. it look really nice. He does come with his orange spear, and then he also comes uh, additional hands. He's got a nice X, and he does come with the fire torch Mm -hmm. from the Mm -hmm. concept art, which, considering I was one of those that picked him up on clearance at Target for 10 bucks, like, that's worth it for the torch alone. Sure. Um, And I've actually picked up a few, so I figure I'll, I'll leave the armor on a couple of them and have them flanking my classics whiplash. Uh, and be some cool little Caligarian brutes. So, uh, very, very well done figure. Uh, great detail throughout. I'm really impressed. I continue mm-hmm. to be impressed with the Masterverse line. Yeah, no, it looks good. I mean, I'm not the, I'm not, you know me, I'm not the biggest Whiplash fan, but I do like how they, they melded the concept with the news. So however you want to display them, you have options, like you're saying. So, yeah, it's a, And that, it's, it's a cool helmet in there. Like, the armor is cool. It's not some of that concept art you look at. It's like, man, I can see why they didn't go that route. But this one I look yep. at, and I'm like, nah, that's, that's a really good design. Like, mm-hmm. I, they just cheaped out on him back in the 80s. That's, that's all it was. No, I, I agree, because like, I actually... It would have made him a little more distinct to me, mm-hmm. and maybe that would have got him more eye-catching than he was for me as a kid. Um, and it's like how you don't really see too many of Skeletor's guys wearing helmets except for Trapjaw. Like off the top of my head, Trapjaw. I mean, but um, so it'd be kind of cool if he did have his own kind of distinct look like that, give that barbarian vibe, you know. So, yeah, agreed. It's a lot of fun. <clears throat> Yeah, that's what I got this week. Um, and speaking of Masterverse figures, we might as well just uh, share this. And let's talk about some of the news that came out today. If I can find the right tab. There it is. Uh, so we got another one of their big blammo. Here's a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, some of this we'd already seen. Uh, and some of this is new here. So let's we'll start with the origins. As previously seen, there is the filmation. I'm sorry, not filmation line. The cartoon collection, uh, which makes them taking the characters and making them look very similar to a certain cartoon made by filmation, even though we won't say filmation uh, that came out in the '80s. So. Uh, this is, is just a, gonna bug you, bug you. <laughs> they use the freaking colors, they use the font, and in every interview, they say filmation, but they couldn't just put filmation on the packaging. Yes, mm-hmm. it's going to drive me nuts. <laughs> but so you got the, and this is a redesigned Origins box, so I forget exactly what the differences are, but there is a different profile to it, and in my opinion, it looks better. So you got He-Man, you got Skeletor, Beastman, Man-Arms, Tila, and Trapjaw. I be- I don't know if Trapjaw was shown previously. 
but I know the other ones were. I want to say he was. Um, I think he was. I feel like I've seen him. I, I think, yeah, they, when they did uh, SDCC, they, they had him all out there as far as I know. And the hardest yeah. one to get a bead on was He-Man because he was so far back. Yep. And then we started getting better photos of him uh, in box now. So. Yeah. And it's interesting because they, they all come with, with a Filmation-specific accessory. Man Arms comes with his freeze ray. Um, Beastman comes with the, what you call from the dragon invasion. Um, and He-Man comes with the Sword of the Ancients from the Masks of Power episode. Uh, and that is what they show him posed with here. Now, mm -hmm. don't worry, because I have seen some worry online, like, why did they redesign He-Man's sword? They didn't. That's a different sword that he comes with from Masks of Power, the Filmation episode. He still comes with his traditional power sword, so don't worry. Uh, Sean, are any of the Filmation figures doing anything for you yet? Not the way that they're doing it for you, but I, I actually, there are things about the new uh, bodies that I, I feel are working better for me visually, at least. Yeah. They look more solid to me. I can, mm -hmm. I, they still have the same articulation and stuff as, as the other ones, but there is, I don't know, there's something about them where I'm, I'm just feeling they're they working for me a lot better than a than a typical origins figure has it looks life. more natural like they've re refined it especially that tila that tila profile is so much nicer than the origins tila or the vintage tila for that matter like you know the females always had a bit of wonky proportions in the line well, the other one other thing real quick that i'm noticing right now and at least in these photos is uh, and the one thing I hated about Origins was that knee flap garbage yep. they were doing. And this, it feels like they, they kind of figured out how to make that look a little less obvious. Yes, exactly. And I can appreciate the fact that they're at least trying here. But, I mean, for me, these kind of figures work better with the way that Filmation is already. And that's, I think, part of why I'm I'm at least appreciating that they're they're revising something and making it better in this case. Um, I mean, I, the origins figures. Part of why I wasn't a fan was it they lacked detail. They really felt just there to me. Yep. And the the way that these are done, chunkier, there is detail, but it's not. It doesn't need to be as detailed because filmation was not detailed anyway. It, it was, you know, filmation just had a very animated simplicity to it, and this is why I think these are not making me nearly go. Uh, you know, like I, when I saw Origins the first time, I was like, "That's what we're getting now." This is more like that's a better version of what we should have gotten in the first place, in my opinion. So, yeah, agreed. And that, and again, I'll reiterate: to me, I think these are the best cartoon representations we've had um you know we had the the super seven neo vintage we had uh the club grayskull spinoff of the classics line um and all of those always felt a bit wonky to me I, i'm not gonna say these are perfect but these are the 
best representations we've had yet because it is very hard to capture that filmation aesthetic in 3D. Um, it just, it is. So, but I think these have come really close and I'm definitely going to be picking up at least a couple of these and keeping them in time card. Uh, so next up, uh, we got a couple new old snake men. Uh, Lord Grasp and Terror, which were unused concept characters from the 80s that made their way into the Classics line as PowerCon exclusives, and now they are coming out single-carded for Origins. Uh, and they look just like I would expect them to be, because they are they're definitely, they, they were going to be the last, in the last vintage wave that never came out and so they are heavy on parts reuse um but they're they're two characters that look exactly how i would have expected them to look in origins mm-hmm. that's that's about all i can say because even in classics these were like i'm good I, yeah. I don't need these i i got uh what's his name plasmar or whatever I yeah, picked him he was, because he was he the was heroic warrior in that last light wave. Yeah, and I, I there was somebody selling him for a steal one night on Facebook, and I was like, I'll take him. I'm, I'm yep. not open to him in any way, shape, or form. But he was the only one out of that three pack that I was even remotely tempted with. So, um, but yeah, it, I mean, it's cool they're coming out for the people that are completists and the, that want that. But Snake Man already in the negative. <laughs> Add on to it, these guys. It's like, oh man. Like, I think the big problem for me, though, like I, out of the two, I think Lord Grasp is the better looking character. Um, the my big problem with Terror is he uses such iconic parts. Those mosquito boots, the whiplash head, and then Trap Jaw's arm. Like those are too distinct you know what i mean like i look at him and i can never see a character i just see the kit bash you know uh, i get where you're coming from but I, I will say i like him better than the other one though really the, the reason why is he's loud and proud about what he's doing here <sighs> you know like it's it's that like holy crap stink wars also merman you know it's got that kind of thing except in this case the colors work for me better yeah, as in like between the two figures, the other one, like um, whatever that is going up the side of his, uh, the the um, clawful arm that he has or the clawful yeah. um, hand, it makes me go. Uh, so basically, he's bringing corn on the cob to the battle. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but it looks like corn on the cob, and I'm just like, yeah, he's got like that that like black and yellow diamond pattern like yeah, so, yeah. it's it just i don't know I, he out of all of them he to me was always the weaker one but i uh, by weaker i mean only one step like yeah. i just don't care about either of these guys but terror if you had to have me pick a favorite i like him because the colors are more my speed i guess compared to uh the other one yeah. it just it's hard now because like I mean, you can bring up Stinkhorn and Merman, but like as kids, Beastman, Mossman, like you never thought that though when you were yeah, yeah. you were just like Mossman, cool, they were genius, hero. like 
And I guess that's why for me, Lord Grasp works better. Because yes, that is definitely Clawful's arm, but it's not it's not as obvious as like I said, Terror just has too many iconic pieces where it's like, nah, that just looks like Whiplash. Someone took Whiplash's head and snapped threw it on top of Rattlor's neck. You know, mm-hmm. no matter what color you paint it. Yep. Uh, and then next up, out of left field, I don't think anyone would have seen this coming, is the Stranger Things Skeletor and Demogorgon 2-pack. Uh, and this one will be a Target exclusive. It's got a... I almost want to say that's kind of a Leo-inspired Skeletor with the darker blue and the darker purple armor. Uh and then the Demogorgon is made up predominantly of Beastman parts, but I think those are um, Frogmonger's lower legs. And then painted in a gray with a newly sculpted Demogorgon flower open head. So I don't know why we need this, but it's here. I, I I said it to you earlier privately. I'm like, well, it fits. It fits the timeline, yeah. Because I mean, Stranger Things and it being in the '80s. But I'm. It's like, why? Why is it that Ninja Turtles needed to go there? Yes, they yep. started in the '80s, and it made no sense paired with them. And even in the case of this one, I'm like, you know, I they they referenced He Man on one episode. Yeah, they had her. Uh, what one. was it? Uh, Eleven was flipping through the stations and she saw I have the power and yep. it's like okay, but that didn't really like Stranger Things tie in, you know. It was just random. Here's here's He Man in this moment. Yeah. So I don't well, know. It's, it's just a it's just because we can. Just like yeah, I, I guess just like yeah. hey, our demographic likes both these things. Let's let's do something with it. Um, I don't know why you need to throw another Skeletor figure in there. And to me, if you were going to do a two-pack, you know, make make a Skeletor that's more Vecna. You know, you made Beastman into the Demogorgon, make Skeletor into the Vecna character from the later yeah. seasons. You know, like, go... I don't know why we have to do these two-packs where it's like a repaint and something newer-ish. Like, yeah. you know, if you're going to do a Stranger Things pack, do a Stranger Things pack. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that... If I was collecting Origins, the only reason that I'd want this is so that I could have the Demogorgon one as, hey, it's an extra in Skeletor's <laughs> army, and that's about it. And yeah. um, beyond that, like you said, it's like, okay, we've had how many Skeletors now in Origins? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure we're on at least two two hands counting these at least, maybe even oh, more. And, yep. and it's like, here's another. Okay. So, yeah. Yep. Happy for anybody who was gunning for this, but yeah, this is kind of kind of a weird cash grab, in my opinion. Uh, and then last up for the origins, we have Necroconda, which is clearly a snake man looking to be glow in the dark, uh, nice uh, translucent glowy blue. He's got a hood, uh, reuse. Snake armor from the Snake Armor Skeletor. Um, kind of hard to tell the rest of the details. But I do believe that he was actually teased on the Snake Mountain box art. I probably should have verified that first. 
Uh, he's definitely the winner out of this group of reveals. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know he was even a thing, so maybe that makes me a bad fan. But he's one of those characters. Uh, it's got the glow in the dark deal. It, it, you know, the scare glow vibes are strong here. That could have been a cool team up. You know, have have Scareglow and him together on the shelf, two glow in the dark characters. And I do like that they're taking something that really wasn't that great, which was the snake armor skeletor vibe, yeah. and turning it into something that's actually pretty cool. No, so, I didn't agree with that. And I, I didn't even, I didn't even catch it at first. It took a couple times looking at it before I'm like, oh, that's what that is. So like it's it's, it's so nice much better utilized there. I mean, this is what it should have been instead of making a Skeletor snake armor. It should have just been, here's a snake man with snake armor. It, this guy, I will say, this guy looks like he could probably take on the snake man and, and win. Yeah. Like, he, he's got this re regal vibe about him, and he also has a sinister vibe about him that none of the snake men have for my money. And I'm kind of digging it, you know? Like, I don't know what his story even is. I'd kind of be interested to know what his story is. He... Is he a dead snake warrior that came back or a dead leader that came back? And now he's going up against King Hiss for the, the rulership of uh, the snake man. Or is he just, he's this weird, like, like Scareglow. He's kind of off to the side doing his own thing, but he's out there and he's freaky and creepy and ooky and spooky. And there you go. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a Halloween mood. I can't help Apparently. it. We're getting like, we're getting there, and I really love Halloween. So, I can't, I can't verify it now, but I unless he's on one of the side panels of the Snake Mountain. But I, I'm 99% sure that he was like, you know, actually likes to sneak in those little teases and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I also can't find anything but a front view of the of the new Snake Mountain box art right now. Mm, so. Gotcha. Um, but other than that, I think he is a wholly original character. Uh, besides, like I said, maybe a tease on the newest Snake Mountain box art, but that would be it as far as I know. So, uh, I dig it. So yeah, like some it. cool reveals there for Origins. Some stuff we've already seen. Uh, now moving on to Masterverse, I do believe that all of this had been shown off previously. Um, so this includes Revolution Sorceress Tila, Revolution Skeletor, which is the bionic, uh, Skeletech is kind of the nickname that had been going around the internet, but it looks like they're keeping them just playing Skeletor, uh, the New Eternia Trapjaw, New Eternia Man-at-Arms, New Eternia Mechanic, New Eternia Triclops, the Gwildor, Gwildor and Orko 2-Pack, uh, in the 87 movie version of Evil Lynn, and rounding it out is the Revolution Battle Armor He-Man. So, now, like I said, these are all figures we'd seen already, but the one prominent thing, and I know you picked up on it right away too, Sean, is that they list Battle Armor He-Man as Revolution. Yep. So does that mean we're gonna see He Man powering up in this new season of the Netflix series? And if that's the case, I want to say yes, please, because 
I dig it. I dig it. I mean, like for me, this is the the next best version. Right after the classic look, the yep. the traditional look, and then Snake Armor would be right after that because I always thought that like Gladiator vibe kind of looked cool for him, even though it was Snake Men um, inspired or whatever. But uh, I hear uh, for anyone who's curious, which I thought this was cool on Reddit today, I found this um, in the Masters of the Universe subreddit. They actually show he also will come with his harness apparently so yep. you get the normal he-man uh the normal h harness like in revolution and revelation yep. but then you can also have the battle armor and then it comes with the plate with the battle damage yep. comes with two extra hands and it comes with the battle axe just like when we were kids so personally i i don't know like that this this one is one where i'm like I might actually pick this one up. I'm really digging the look. They redid the face, so the face is more yep. animation centric than the original one that we first got. And if it looks like this in person, this might be the first uh, Masterverse figure where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put this on my shelf and be thrilled about that. So, no, we'll it, looked, it looked a lot of fun, very classic inspired. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great head sculpt and everything. I'm I'm I was already digging in, and now with tease like, hey, they might actually do this in the show. Um, I'm mm -hmm. really excited for that. Yeah. Um, the other other interesting thing of note that popped out to me is uh, Gwildor and Orko two pack. Uh, that's going to be a specialty retailer exclusive. So that your entertainers, your big bad toy store, your local comic shops, any of those kind of places can get this. Um, but I found it interesting that they don't have a tag on that. They're not New Eternia. They're not Revolution. They're not Revelation. So I know... Obviously, that Orko is from Revelation. It's his white robe, you know, reborn mm -hmm. Orko. But the fact that they didn't slap the tag on me, on it, you know, we were excited when this was announced because we're like, oh, Gwildor is going to show up in Revolution now. Um, I'm thinking that might not be the case anymore because they did not put a Revolution tag on this. Uh, so it sounds like it might more just be a team up of like, hey, we are doing 87 movie figures now. Let's get this the the two sidekicks out together. And not necessarily in that Gwildor is coming in the show. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I mean, I, I'll be honest, that's that's one of the few where I looked at that. And I go, that's that's so much fun. I might actually get a, get that one, too, because. Number one, I do like the the redesign, the Orco, the white that they yep. did. Um, yeah. The fact that you get the spell. spell. Yeah, exactly. The the spherical. The, yeah, let's try saying that spherical spell effect. Yep. And then um, the Gwildor. I, I mean, I'll be honest. When classics had Gwildor, I actually got one of him. Unfortunately, I don't have him anymore because my collection's been in flux for years now. Yep. But I still, I wouldn't mind getting them again at some point because I was amazed by the detail that they put into that figure. This, 
I kind of dig the the freshness of he looks detailed but not so overly detailed, almost cartoon esque, yep. which is why I still think the potential it might be there that he might be in the cartoon. But we'll see. Since mm-hmm. it's only what four episodes or whatever, who knows? Maybe he won't be in it then. Yeah, but, but no, it's a great little two pack. I'm excited yeah. for that. Um, Mechanic, uh, you know, basically everybody that I don't have a classics figure for saw so the trap jaw looks a lot better than the previous trap jaw release. Mechanic looks great. It'll be a nice stand in since I never got the classics version. Um, I still really like the sorceress Tila. I, I, I think they, that's a, that's probably the best design we've seen for Tila as she takes her next step in becoming the sorceress. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, lot, lots of fun stuff here in these waves coming out and these are available for pre-order now. Um, <clears throat> and they are expected to start shipping around the beginning of November. So right around the corner, actually, they've been doing, Mattel's been doing a lot more of that where they're just like, bam, here's this. And it's coming out next month. Yeah. I look forward to it. Uh, And last up, a little bit of news that I forgot about last time, but it it was rumor. Now it is reality. And that is that Skeletor is going to be available as a downloadable skin for the Call of Duty franchise. This is not a game I've played a lot, although I think everybody knows what Call of Duty is. Um, I when the, when the rumors started coming out, I thought it was, it was humorous because Call of Duty is a first-person shooter, and Skeletor is very much a melee character. Even I mean, he's got magical blasts and stuff, but I mean, for the most part, all of He-Man is is melee in the fighting and stuff. So then when it shows, you know, hey, this is coming out, and they show things like this. No, not that. This. With Skeletor running around firing a gun. I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's it's comical to me. (laughs) But they're getting the property out there, so... Yeah, according to the Call of Duty wiki that I looked up real quick, uh, he he is going to be featured in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and Call of Duty Warzone 2.0. Skeletor will be released during the Season 6 of Modern Warfare 2 on October 17th as part of the Tracer Pack Skeletor Operator Bundle. So... Um, I know just last week on Toy Frenzy when I was on there, that was one of the main things. Like, how do you, how do you keep masters alive? And the the thing I kept going back to, no matter what, was get a video game out there, put yep. something out there that uh, the generation of kids who grew up playing video games more than our generation even can actually get into it and enjoy it and find a new life for these characters in the story and i'm i'm i feel like this is at least a step in the direction i'd rather see masters go if they did video games versus tappers 
or yeah. any kind of mobile app garbage. Don't it, that it's like that is not going to be the effective way to do it. But if you have a legit all platforms Masters of the Universe game finally, and it, it you're controlling them and it has like Breath of the Wild or Skyrim kind of a vibe to it or Arkham Asylum or whatever, I think you're in the right direction finally. Uh, that's just me personally, but yeah, uh, it's no, some. No, it's good to have him here. I mean, the turtles have been downloadable characters and stuff for a while now. Oh uh, yeah, the Mortal like, Kombat. Yeah. Yeah, like it's good to have them here. I'd love an actual Masters video game, but uh, I still think one of the biggest missteps was uh, Injustice. Like you had an entire comic book crossover, Masters of the Universe and Injustice, and somehow. Mm-hmm. He-Man never appeared in any of those games. Yeah. Like, you know, you'll, I still wonder to this day if he was supposed to and something happened between Mattel and DC where they're like, yeah, no, we changed our mind. We're not going to do that. But we'll still put the comic out. Because mm-hmm. it's like, how do, you, how do you set up that crossover and then not finish it? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, you had that guess a while back, too, of when they were doing the comic, why weren't they doing animated movies with Warner brothers yep. as like direct to video, like they were doing with their figures or not their fate, but their characters and stuff. Yep. So it's like, yeah, it, it's one of those, there's always these little glimmers of something going well, but then somehow it's like, but they don't try to push it the direction that it's needed. And it's frustrating because I mean, I'm not the biggest video game guy uh, like I used to be when I was a kid. Mm. But, I mean, geez, like Ghostbusters came out and I ate that thing up. Batman Arkham Asylum, uh, the the PS4 Spider-Man games and stuff. And I sit there and I'll enjoy the hell out of those. And I'm that is like, it's like the toy shelves up until it, the last few years. Where's He-Man? You know, yeah. like, I mean, where's my He-Man game? You're giving me all these other great games. But why can't there be a He-Man one where I can legit just ride into attorney on battle cat come on man so completely agree it's a big maybe one day big miss right now and they they got it if if they want to keep this thing going for the next generation they got to get on it it's it's yeah there's no ifs ands or buts and you know for guys like like i I don't play video games a ton anymore. I don't collect comics, but by God, every time Masters Universe comes out, I'm down at my local comic shop. You know, yep. and I, I would do the same for a video game. I mean, mm-hmm. I I bought a Game Boy Advance because the the He Man. I think that was Defender of Grayskull. Yeah, uh, that game came out for Game Boy Advance only. And I was still on the Game Boy Color. And I went out, and I bought a Game Boy Advance, and I bought the He-Man game. Because I want this property to succeed, and I I will. I I will. They come out with a game. I will buy it if it's for the Switch. If Honestly, if it's for another console, I would have to look into getting that console. Because Mm -hmm. I would have to play it. But I'm I'm foolish. I know that. But... (laughs) It's it's expected nowadays. How do you not do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, like movie franchises, even like you'll have. There was one where I I know there was a video game made for it, 
it, it, it, the video game wasn't that great. The second one, the movie was great. And then they didn't make a video game because they're like, well, it was it. I think it was the Batman ones. When, when Dark Knight came out, they didn't do a video game because the first Batman Begins game didn't do as well as they no, hoped. Sure. And then all of a sudden, billion dollar franchise, and they completely missed the boat on that one. <laughs> Speaking of movies, I finally watched uh, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. that, that was a good movie. I thoroughly yes. enjoyed that. Um, as a player for many, many years, even though I have not played in many, many years, like there's enough in there where I'm like, okay, like that that's a nice nod to this. And a lot of respect to the lore and the world and everything else. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, but this is still easy to get into for yeah. somebody who has never played the game. Um, right here. And, yeah. I, and I came away thinking, I'm like, why can't they just do Masters like this? It was just a fun quest from beginning mm -hmm. to end. There was comedy, there was stakes, there was seriousness, there was danger. Like and I'm like, these dudes could take masters any day and write and direct and everything else. Cause like yep. this is the feel I want. Yes, yep. it's serious. Yes, there's stakes. Yes, there's monsters. But at the same time, you know, we can crack a joke. We can have some fun. We can laugh. It's okay. Not everything has to be super serial all the time you know like it can, it doesn't have to be one or the other it doesn't have to be either goofy you know fart joke comedy and it doesn't have to be super serial everybody's dying the universe is destroyed oh yeah. the the part that got me uh in that movie was when they when they finally go up against the dragon yeah and the dragon is so fat it can't even chase them and i'm like this is making me it actually made me think about like when i first saw granamir as a kid <laughs> i know there's a lot of people that probably were like wow was he looking intimidating and i remember once he got out of the fire pit i thought he was the weirdest looking thing i've ever seen <laughs> i thought it, it's like he's got those tiny little arms and all that and 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 it, it's it's got that vibe like and they and the funny thing was Yes, it was funny to see here's this dragon that it literally ate so many people that it's out of shape and it's just sliding around trying to get people at this point. But it didn't mean that they weren't in danger, right. which I liked. They didn't play it up to be like, oh, this thing's so fat and it's just given up. No, it wanted to eat them anyway. So there was stakes in that scene. But when you first saw the dragon, you're like, oh, my God, is this really what they're doing? And it worked. And... and and it's a time-honored D&D tradition where it's like, yeah. as the dungeon master, you got to, like, how do we keep this exciting and everything for the players? But, you know, taking into account the player levels, like, they can't go up against a adult black dragon. Like, yep. they are not powerful. I mean, your spellcaster can barely do spells at this point. Yeah. So, yep. you know, and that's kind of one of the fun, like, almost meta things, whereas a DM, you got to kind of think, like, Okay, how do I make this exciting, but at the same time give them a chance? You know, so it's it's all that kind of wrapped in. So exactly, and I even loved uh, if you when they when they get into the tournament at the end of the movie, yeah, uh, and they have the big maze and all that stuff that they're dealing with. One Spoilers of the things if you haven't seen Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I'm not going to spoil the whole ending, but what I will say, if you haven't seen it and you want to see it. 
keep your eyes peeled in that scene because you are right. going to see homages to the old 80s cartoon yep. with some of the people that are in the maze with them. And when I saw that, it made me smile that go, they didn't even, they didn't cower away from that even. That was very much front and center in that scene where you could see those players. And I thought it was great for that too. Like they, they, like you said, they embraced the gameplay. They embraced the imagination of it. They told a really, really good story that actually was pretty heartfelt and had some really good stakes, like you were saying. And they didn't shy away from what made it great to begin with for people exactly. of 80s. So I, yeah, like, um, I tried to get my kids and my wife to watch it and they just couldn't get into it. But I just sat there going, you people are nuts. This is so fun. I watched it like two or three yeah. times in a yeah, week. Yeah, it's surprising. I'm going to, I watch it by myself, but that's definitely one I'm going to throw out to them. I, like I said, I think, I think definitely my kids would get into it. I think even my wife, like there's enough there. Like there's mm -hmm. some good backstory and character development in there that like, mm -hmm. it's, it's a legit story. And yep. The, the acting throughout, I mean, uh, Obviously, Chris Pine, you know, mm -hmm. but even and I didn't even know like the the, the two girls, the the druid and the fighter. Like I don't even know, I don't know them from anything, but they were really good. Uh, Hugh Grant and his character, I'm like, we need to see him in more of those roles. Uh, Absolutely, he, he did very well. Uh, the the way they played him up in the preview made him seem one note. Yeah. It was a disservice because when you see who he is, what he is, and his whole idea of what he's doing, it really does make you just go, wow, this is like a way more multifaceted character than I expected going into this. And yeah. and I agree. he He's like, he's doing some stuff where I'm just sitting there going, Hugh Grant, you magnificent bastard! Yeah, <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. It was good throughout. Like I said, I love to see a similar treatment from this. Sure, we need to get those guys on board. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, I think it's time for us to get into what we are getting for Masters right now, and that is Forge of Destiny issue number two. Uh, so pre in the previous issue, uh, again, this is a this whole thing is a prequel to the Revelation series. Um, and I did pick up my physical copy of number one. Uh huh. Luckily, they still had one copy. I have not been able to find any of the variant covers for this, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so in the previous issue. Uh, we had King Randor along with Man-at-Arms, uh, Tila, and Adam heading out on uh, kind of a peacekeeping mission, getting allies against Skeletor. Uh, meanwhile, on the remote island nation of Anwatgar, we are introduced to Prince Dashiell and his cohorts who are tricked by Evelyn into stealing an ancient artifact that can take down Grayskull if used properly. Uh, and Dashiell ends up injured after Evelyn takes it from him uh, while she was in disguise as Adam. And so the Anwatgarians declare war on the royal palace of Eternos. Very good issue. We both liked it. 
then we both gave it two power swords. I should have looked that up. That's how. Yep. Yeah, we we were both completely like, okay, let's see how this next one goes because that one was a treat. Yep. Yep. Uh, so we come into this next issue. Uh, we pick up on the island, or the sorry, the coastal town of Madaka, uh, where the royal frigate is waiting to transport King Randor and his caravan over to Anwat Gar. Uh, they have just come from making a treaty with the Panther Men. Uh, we got some, some thinking. Man-at-Arms is always prepared, always on the lookout. Adam's uh, crying, pouting, because mm-hmm. uh, if you recall in last issue, he got caught sneaking out of his room by Tila because Orko's spell did not work quite properly. He tried to create a fake copy of Adam. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. He snuck out to become He-Man, but Tila thinks he was uh, shacking up with the uh, Panther Princess. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so we got some tension here. Uh, tension. Tila, Tila is uh, kind of bemoaning her status as uh, you know bodyguard to Adam, how she can't be his friend anymore, and she's just she's got to be his protector. I like that still. I I thought that was that was a great little moment for her because it gave, it gave her vulnerability. Yeah, and I like her be you know opening up to him in that way and him getting to see what he made her miss out on by the way he's been. Um, yeah, I like that he's he's seeing that, and that was definitely one of those moments from the first one where I'm like, I did not expect you to go there, Tim Seeley. But you won me over in that little moment. So, yeah, yeah no, I, I like the, I like the little catch ups. You know, we're getting we're getting into the thought process of everybody, which it, which is great. I love novels and comics and everything because you can get into the headspace that you can't get into in you know movies or television. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it's nice seeing everyone's kind of struggles as Adam. You know, th- this is Adam in his early years as He-Man, so it's nice to see him kind of realizing, like, how this is going to play out in the long run. Like, oh, no, there is going to be some consequence. I am going to lose some stuff personally um, in order to do this role that's needed. Uh, I also really like the Dragon Walker redesign here. Like, they gave it some, uh, you know... It doesn't have the spinny thing, but it's it's a solid tank. The dragon looks menacing. It's got some jointed legs. Um, we need a new dragon walker in the tower. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. I wonder how fast it's going to go, though. <sighs> <laughs> it, that, that was the beauty of the toy line. I know it. But like looking back on that, I'm like, that's like the worst possible vehicle if there's an emergency. No matter what happens. <laughs> I still want to get it. because, it, it, And I know there's the clip. The Filmation... Filmation deciding to animate the Dragon Walker in its toy function looks terrible and takes forever. Yep. But I still feel like, in my mind, the vintage Dragon Walker was a pretty speedy vehicle. At some point, I need to track down 
a working attack track, and a working dragon walker. Mm-hmm. Now we'll throw Spy Door in there too. Why not? I think those were all the battery operated vehicles. And we'll see who's the fastest. Yeah. I mean, I if I had to guess, it'd be attack track. Yes. And then I'd Agreed. say maybe Spider would be next. See, I think Dragon Walker was faster than Spider. We got to test it, this at it, some point. Yeah, the I, I I feel like the mechanism, the the revolving part of it made it slower, no matter what happened. Though we'll test this, viewers. Don't worry. yeah, we'll get to the bottom. That's of this. cool. That's cool. Well, it will have it be like NASCAR, only for master. Yep. It'll be NASCAR. <laughs> oh, so while everyone's thinking and talking and all this on the seaside, uh, the Royal Caravan is attacked. Surprise, surprise. Uh, some soldiers from Anwat Gar <clears throat> end up destroying the Royal Frigate. But Tila realizes that that was just... Uh, a casualty, and they're actually after Adam. So she locks him in the attack track and goes on the defensive. Nice little action scene here. I like the I like how everything they're using is like Eternos tech, but upgraded. You know, you got the their Sea Dog sled, which is basically a sky sled with a different face on it. Yep. They've got a Rotan esque vehicle. Um, <clears throat> it's nice how they just kind of built off. You can see the the divergent paths that, like, you know, the regular tech took, and then Anwat Gar kept going as they became recluse from the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was probably more surprised than anything that they had their own version of the Roton for some reason. Like that one shot in here, and and then mm -hmm. on top of it. I don't know why it's that face threw me because I kind of figured it would be for lack of a better term, maybe more Asian influenced. This just looked more like a DC comic book version. Like it, this should have been a superpowers vehicle or something in the, in the, yeah, old it's, line. It's, it's a bit of brainiac, you know, yeah. yep. it, it, well, and it looks like maybe like one of the metal men created yeah. it because they always have that. the faces sticking out and this. But um, but no, like I actually, I, I kind of dig that they probably started those things, and then the other kingdoms took it over and they made them into their versions. But these might have been the beginning ones, you know, like because yeah. of the tech and all that. So that's pretty cool that we get the originators in this way. Yep, and then we get a nice uh, Adam can't just stand in the attack track and watch everyone. Get Attacked, so he pulls out his sword, and by the power of Grayskull, he has the power. Um, really great transformation here, honestly. I mean, just a, a few panels, and uh, but you know, the, you got the classic sh upward shot of him reaching behind his back, you got the boom and the shakoom, like, uh. Uh, very effective. It reminds me of the old Golden Books. They always had a really good, effective two-panel transformation mm -hmm. as well. Well, that's the new transformation yeah. actually is cool for the fact that it lends itself to not having to do a huge vertical panel now. Yeah. And the sword. I like that now he's using this 
turn of it. The I have the power, but it works still with even by the power of Grayskull here. So, mm-hmm. and I, I do like the little <laughs> detail of Orko holding his uh, hat over his eyes as it's happening. Yeah, because you can imagine it's probably like friggin' bright as hell, and it's you know burn your eyes out if you have to watch it like the sun. So yeah. Yep, yep. And the, even the I have the power of him just standing there like that is really freaking cool, too. That's oh, like yeah. one of my favorite panels. Yeah, it's a great image there. Uh, and then we get, as Adam's transforming, uh, King Randor and Man-at-Arms are facing off <clears throat> against the Garian warriors. Uh, and here he does say that, uh, you know, the so Grayskull gave the Philogista to the Gars. Um, but it had one more provision, and that is that the Palace of Eternos would have one member of its court become fluent in technology, specializing in its deadly applications in the way all Gar warriors are. And that warrior would be called the Man-at-Arms. So that's so basically, that's why Eternos has its weapon master. Like So Philogista is a Gars check against Grayskull's magic, and the man at arms is Grayskull's check against the guard technology. Mm-hmm. So nice little balance that, that has been set up here when the two sides centuries ago weren't able to trust each other. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then we get He-Man jumping into action, stopping the Rotan, and saving everybody. Including including the guard, take that ass. Like you see, he's being very, he's being very, very filmation-y here. You know, he's he's parrying, but he's not attacking. He's stopping, mm. but he's not hurting. You know. Yep. Um, and then yep. we we're taken back to the island nation of Anwakar, where their leader Hera Kane, Hera Kane, Hera Kane, Hera Kane, Hera Kane, and Hale. There's a dude named Hale too. Yeah, he's one of the ones that's attacking. Hail, <laughs> hail storm. Yep. Hail storm. And Era. it's raining. I'm okay. Anwar There is a thunderstorm while hail storm and hurricane are talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know it sounds like I'm making fun, but I'm not. I really do love it. Dad uh, just abound. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we find Prince Dashiell, the sole survivor of Evil Lynn's you know, slash Adam's attack, and he is hooked up to some monitors and life support stuff. Um, nice little circular heart monitor on his chest. That's an interesting design there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I actually didn't even notice that. I was looking over at the uh, mm. the vitals next to him, and, and you see his heartbeat, but I didn't even notice that he did have the circle there. Yep. But yeah, there it is. There it is. Uh, and and basically, uh, Hera has decided that regardless of what the nurses are saying, he's dying, and she feels that there is something she can do to help him. Uh, and then we go back. A lot's happening in this issue. Uh, we've got Evelyn meeting up with Skeletor. Uh, trying to explain to him the importance of the Philogista, and he's not—he's not buying it. He said he's tried a lot of artifacts, uh, diamond rays, ramstones, horns of evil, 
nothing's worked. He's done with artifacts. Kind of, kind of a stubborn Skeletor here. Uh, I, 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 I like specifically that he names the Diamond Ray, yep. Ram Stones, and this and that. I, I just, I get a kick out of that. Always, always. I love the little, the little drops and everything there. Um, but yeah, he orders Evelyn back to Snake Mountain, and he, you know, he's going to take Philgista, and he's going to take over Anwagar. <clears throat> and uh, Evelyn uh, thinks he's a damned arrogant fool. I know that because she said it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we find out that Webstore has been spying on the both of them the whole time. Seems like him and Evelyn have a little pact going on, and she sends Webstore to keep an eye on him. And uh, if he has an opportunity to kill him and bring the Philogies to the Evelyn. So we're we're definitely playing the 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 traitorous Evelyn strongly here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I like because last last episode or yeah last episode last yep. issue we knew Webster was part of it, but now it's kind of fun to know even though he's giving Skeletor information, he and Lynn are still doing stuff behind the scenes here. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That evil in always doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, he better watch out. I mean, down the road, I could see, I could see her taking the sword of power from him and betraying him, and you know, you just you never know what might happen. They would never do that. No, they, no. Never, they would never do that. He'd never uh, become like evil in ever, never. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no evil in ever. No, no evil in. No, no, <laughs> couldn't happen. Um. Picks for days. <laughs> oh, from Evelyn and Skeletor, we go back to the attack on the Royal Caravan. Uh, we're not doing well. Stridor gets blown to pieces. Uh, Duncan's lost his Dragon Walker. Uh, but they do discover a message from uh, a recorded message from Hurricane to the soldiers and her orders for them to find the assassin Adam and bring him to justice. Uh, obviously, no one thinks Adam actually did it besides the guards. Uh, they go right away, obviously. This is Skeletor, because we are not idiots. We're good guys, but we're not idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, so they devise a plan for He-Man to go to Anwat Gar to prove Adam's innocence and the rest of the caravan head back to the village of the Panthermen and stay safe until He-Man can take care of this. Uh, Tila, well, King Randor asks what happened to Adam and we see that Prince Adam is heading to Anwatgar with He-Man. Nice little, uh, <clears throat> I assume another spell of Orko, uh, but it's it's fun seeing them take that. You know, it's so easy to just do the, ah, oh, he's safe. But no, yeah. we actually see Adam running with He-Man, uh, which, is, which is nice. Uh, however, Tila also sees that and decides that she is going with them. And she leaps a few warriors and gets onto the boat with 
Adam and He-Man. Unfortunately, she lands on Adam, splishing him into goo. <laughs> Don't know how we're going to explain that one. Mm-mm. Nope. And thoughts, Sean? So, I like that they called it back from the last issue because it is something that happened. But the idea of this is making me just go, I think one of the ways they could have made Orko a more essential character for me as a kid and even me now is what if Orko legit was, I'll be Adam and I'll do an illusion to make me Adam and you go and do He-Man stuff while you're He-Man, and I'll be the one covering for you. Yeah, People aren't going to ask, where's Orko? They're going to want to know where Adam is. Mm-hmm. So there's that element when I look at this of, like, I wish that was something that was canon to this day. Yeah, um, I know one of the Golden Books went there, and, yeah. and you and uh, I talked about that. That and the, the newspaper strips did this kind of thing a lot. Um, and it was proposed in the original pitch for new adventures was that the starship eternia was going to have a program that created a fake adam so for e-man to slip off so it's definitely something that's been thrown out there in quite a few continuities over the years see i i do that i enjoy i i like the idea that you could have adam and he-man in the same room and you can get over some of this stuff yep and and make it not as dramatic as Revelation made it. Um, I think my thing with this in in practice, though, is I'm looking at it and like I actually when when I got to that panel where there's He-Man and, and Adam both running, uh, I actually like looked at it multiple times. I'm like, what? Like I, that confused the hell out of me. Because there wasn't really, I, I didn't see anything before leading to that moment. So the storytelling was clunkier for me in that moment. It wasn't like they could have had one little moment, uh, one little panel of Orko doing that. I know how I could help him. And then they go to the battle and then you see Adam running and then you're like, I bet that's what he did in the, in the last issue. And then boom. It, yes, it was, you know. Um so that yeah storytelling clunkiness there but for the most part it is fun that that moment happened mm. and the next issue i'll be curious how he-man even tries to dig his way out of that <laughs> hole. yeah because that's uh, or climb his way out of that hole i should say because that's definitely one of those that backfire right in his face in front of her how's that gonna work yep uh and then final scene here we have uh evil lynn in the hospital over the unconscious dash um and she casts a spell and awakens and i'm missing i'm back there you are uh yeah so evil link casts a spell and awakens her human tornado wants him to go find the person that he hates the most. Adam. Dun, dun, dun. I was just about to do that. You took it from me. I hate I you for it. Why'd you do that? 
<laughs> so now we know why we see the evil-looking human tornado on the t- front cover. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they're going this route with the evil in spell and the fact that for all he knows at this point, Adam is the one that, you know, conned him. Yeah. So that's, that's, you know, it even goes back to, to, you know, Mike Young a little bit there with the mystery of Anwagar where they meet Cyclone mm-hmm. for the first time and he's not sure who to trust and he does end up fighting. So yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm I, I, I'm okay with this. When I first when I initially just saw this cover, I was a little concerned. I'm like, are they just gonna make Cyclone evil? And I with the way it's going down here, I'm like, okay, we're good. We got the space for redemption and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh but yeah, I thought it was a fun action packed story. I I enjoy Again, it just it, it just it felt like an episode. It's you know, we, we're raising the stakes. The two sides are meeting. You know, we've got the misunderstanding that we got to work through. Um, Skeletor is working on some stuff in the background. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a fun issue for me. I thought it was a, a worthy follow up to issue one. I I mean, I thought it was still solid, which yep. which was quite surprising still because I'm waiting for that other shoe to drop. But <laughs> like I said, the, like that, that moment with Adam showing up in the battle was really clunky. So uh, that one, that one made me just go like, what did I miss something? And I, See, I, 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 I think I that, I think they did that on purpose just so you would have the wait, what type yeah. of thing? Like they could have easily, but we did have Orko doing the spell last issue. So like it didn't yep. come out of nowhere. No, it but didn't I think they were. Nowhere. Yeah, I think they were definitely going for you to go for that. Wait, what? Exactly, and and um, so that was a little odd. But I mean, you have like uh, the transformation sequence is really well done in this issue. The action sequences, seeing He Man in action. I mean, hell, he freaking palms a missile. Yeah. And it looks so fresh. He literally, boom, like that. And it, it just goes thunk right into yep. his hand. I was like, that's freaking great. Um, and, and just, like, the way that that um, the Eddie Nunez is doing, like, some of those action poses, it makes it look effortless. This guy was made to draw Masters of the Universe for my money. I mean, he is he is definitely one of my favorites working on the, the brand today. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, am not going to go as high as last time when I finally do the, the review, but I am going to say it's still a solid issue. It continues a lot of what I loved about the first one. I do even like what you, what you, uh, underlined by saying, you know, the idea of having a man at arms is to offset the balance of, Anwak are having the tech, but then they have the uh, Philogista or whatever it's called, yep. and vice versa. So it, it's another example of they're expanding the world just in those little uh, uh, those little dialogue moments to make you go, it's it's even more richer than I would have expected it to be. So yeah, 
and they're doing it in a way where because I mentioned it last issue, I'm sure I'll keep mentioning it. Like I never liked that classics bio idea of like, oh, blue skin people bad. Yeah, you know, and this this has a way for these two uh, these two cities to distrust each other without just going well you have blue skin and you don't yeah because you know I, that never that never rang well for i'm like you're in a world where we have where friends with avionins and andrenids and you know even mike young even caligars and spoleans yeah but like those blue humans don't trust them. Like I, yeah. it's just, it's so. I, I get the real world parallel that they're going for and trying, you know, the lesson that they're going for. But at the same time, it's like, how can you say like, yeah, we're cool with all of these species, except for them blue, blue skinned mfers over there. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the part that was always hard for me, you know. Um, and especially because you're putting on the heroes, like it was in the classics bio canon, it was it was always the royal palace and you know King Miro and everything. Where it's like these are supposed to be our good guys, and you're saying that they've been racist for millennia. Like I don't know, it just it doesn't. It's it's a hard pill to swallow. So here with their you know they're coming with the well we you know honestly it's it's. It's it's the techno cult, you know, versus the the magic star of Eternia that we see in Revelation. You know, like it's just those two different mindsets, which is like, okay, I can get behind this because it's not saying either is necessarily right. It's just saying we are a technology based society. Eternals has aligned itself with Grayskull, which is the magic based society. Like I like. I get that, and it doesn't make anybody evil, you know. It mm. just the that distrust, and you know, having the alliance, having the agreement, having the safeguards, the checks and balances, you know, it just like you said, it expands that world and that story concept in a much better way than it's been expanded before. In my well, now, in a really weird way, though, I got to admit the idea of there being a millennia of prejudice even for the good guys i actually think that's interesting because it does give you an element of even though they think they're the good guys they don't have it all figured out yet and in that way i'm not i'm not trying to say the classics way is the way that i i have my uh head cannon but that is something I kind of dig about it. It has almost that, like in Thor, they they have like, oh, the frost giants are our enemies, but then there's Loki, yep. you know, and, and that kind of a thing where it, it it works for me on that level of there's just a distrust or whatever. But I think with only two issues, this is definitely more palatable of yeah. why that is the way it is. That's what I'm saying. It's because they're blue skins or what? Now it's like no, it's because they have the tech and they don't trust the the magic and 
and and it is that whole like they are building on the great war idea which i've always loved so on top of that it's like icing on the cake that works but I do like the idea that maybe he man's great grandpa or his great grandpa could have been a racist MFR and just <laughs> be a guy. And along the way, Adam has been enlightened and and like that's my whole thing with the idea of Adam and He Man being my head cannon and what they're doing here is uniting the people. Randor and him doing the work that maybe their ancestors didn't have it in them to do or didn't want to do or whatever so in that way it's it's it, like for my head canon it's working for me on a lot of levels so no, yeah. i agree and like i said just given that i get the distrust but give it yeah give it a reason not just skin color sure you know so and this one's where i mean like, tim seeley damn it man it's like what? if you if you don't stick the landing on the issue, i might actually cry on air because i'll be like god damn it you got so close i feel like he's just setting us up for disappointment we'll see we'll see with issue four yeah uh, and i did forget to run through it at the top of the issue so i'll run through it now uh issue number two did feature a script by tim seeley art by eddie nunez Color art by Brad Simpson and letters by And World Design. Uh, the standard cover was done by Eddie Nunez. Uh, cover B was Tim Seeley with Tony Fleeks. Uh, and cover C was Gabriel Hardman. I'm going to figure out which one was cover B because I didn't realize that Tim Seeley uh, did any artistry. I thought he was just a writer. So he, Yeah, he draws and he writes. He, his is um, Adam and Tila on the cover um and the other one was skeletor and evelyn on the cover if i remember yeah. right. uh so yeah so master of the universe forge destiny issue number two power sword rating three power swords is the absolute best perfect in every way two power swords is a great story one power sword is a good story could have been better but it was enjoyable uh we got the cosmic enforcer that's right neutral right down the middle neither good neither bad but it's there uh and then of course we got the havoc staffs on the dark side one havoc staff is bad two havoc staffs is worse three havoc staffs should be buried deep within snake mountain and never spoken of again uh, you went first last time. I will go first this time. I got to follow up with two more power swords. Uh, I I don't feel that this missed a beat from issue number one. It was enjoyable throughout. It gave depth. Eddie Nunez just gets these characters. And mm -hmm. while his illustrations do not, it's not just the toys on, on you know, the panel, but he's got that feeling. Like, it's his own yep. style, but it's a very amazing style. He gets it. So, yeah, I got I to gotta continue. It's This is another solid two-power sword outing for me. Mm -hmm. I, I I feel like the first time, uh, when, we, when we talked about the first issue, I went into it with so minimal interest and so minimal expectation other than I really wanted to see Eddie Nunez's artwork shine and it did. Um, so this issue, I'm actually going to give one power sword. It's not a wow. bad issue. Not a bad issue at all. 
but I feel like issue one accomplished things that really did make me go, okay, this is way more enjoyable than I expected. I've seen two outings now with Tim Seeley doing stuff, and and every time I'm usually like, I I don't get why this guy's writing it. This is the first time he's proving himself as being a good writer of Masters of the Universe that I'm enjoying it. But this uh, this issue for me, it just felt it felt good. It never yeah. like rose higher than good for me. Um, whereas the first one just took me by such a surprise. And it doesn't mean that this is a bad issue in any way, shape, or form. It just is. It's continuing that that consistency, but the expectation being blown out the roof for the first issue compared to what I went in with. Now I'm like, okay, I have a baseline this issue. Let's make it go up from there, and please don't make it drop any lower than this because that that would just it would hurt me right now because he's really doing some good work on this this title. Absolutely. Can't wait. We got issue number three on sale November uh, November 1st. So, day after Halloween. Yeah. Cannot wait. Let's see if Skeletor ramps up his uh, sneakiness here. It's mind-blowing, though. It's like you and I are both like, we can't wait now. Whereas when it first was solicited, we were like, okay, we got to do this for the show because it's He-Man. Yeah. Now we're both like, I mean, next one's going to be just as good. (laughs) Either way, I was going to get it. I was trying to keep my expectations low. um, And unfortunately, like like we've said, he's been exceeding the expectations. This is what I'd hoped for since the comics started back up. Like, just some good adventures. And I'm still so worried because... (laughs) He's 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 making us hope again, and yeah. we've seen how his endings usually seem to go. So hopefully this one just just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, just cruise through and uh, no he force. Right. Just, no, just just you don't have to jump the stakes at any point. Just, just do it from here. Finish make- it. Carry it yep. through, make it work. The 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 uh, seeds are all planted. Make it grow at the end. That's all. But uh, yeah, that's and that's basically it, right? Like you know, normally we're like, man, I hope they go crazy and do this or that. It's like, no, I I. There, we're at a point where I can pretty much predict how this story is going to go, and I'm really hoping that it just goes how I think it's going to go. Like, mm-hmm. I would be perfectly fine with that right now to just, like, you know, you've done A and B, let's finish C and D. There's no reason to try mm-hmm. and shoot off to X. Like, yeah. just roll with it. Yeah. So. My, my only thing uh, after this is if they do any more of these, which, I, I, again, I'm kind of tired of the miniseries. Can we please just do, a, like, an ongoing book at yeah. some point? If we do get an ongoing book, and if or if they do anything after this, keep Eddie Nunez on those books. Mm-hmm. This guy can draw He-Man like nobody's business. He he gets the look. Yes, we're continuing the revelation and the revolution vibe, but I'm enjoying seeing his take on it in these pages. Yep. 
and it's really working for me. Um, I I can't I, like his stuff alone. I probably should have given it to just because he got to flex those action well, shots in this issue. But I'm still going to stick with the one because I feel like, like I said, this is a good baseline compared to last issue. But um, yeah, he he's just he's a treasure to me on this book. Getting this from cover to cover, his artwork being in there, just oh my god, I'm eating it up. Agreed. All right, guys, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, hope you enjoyed our review and everything else. Do us a favor. Go down below, click the like, uh, click the subscribe, the little bell there, so you know when we have a new episode out. Uh, feel free to share us around. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, coming up this Friday, we should have an, a new Off-World episode, but unfortunately, Curtis is having too much fun playing around with his Timu version of Off-World. And so we're not going to have a regular episode. It'll be another off week. So you have that to look forward to, I guess. Um, Sean's supposed to be there. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, Curtis supposed to be there. So it's kind of a wash. Um, I still have to get a hold of my lawyers about this whole thing. <laughs> Uh, but we will be back with a full regular episode of Off World on Friday, the 13th of October. So make sure you tune in for that. It's going to be a banger. Um, and we should see you in another couple weeks for another Legends of Grayskull. Sean, yeah. anything you got? I want to say uh, last time I checked our subscribers on YouTube, we actually got two more subscribers. Yes, thank you. So we are now 979 subscribers, so we are 21 away from the big time. So yes, we can do this. Like like Matt says, share us around, subscribe, hit that bell, like all that, because uh, we have we've been at this precipice for so freaking long. <laughs> It'd be great to jump over and finally get into the thousands. Um. But yeah, other than that, um, yeah, Off-World this week. I'll be there, and I'll be there the next week, too. And uh, until next time. Until next time, guys. Fireburns. Oh, come on.